In this episode, I talk to Saad about where we are with masculinity, how did we get here, and how can men and women start understanding each other better? Welcome back to Tackling Minds. I'm your host, Emily, and this is series two called Sup Man. Today's man is Saad Alami. He is a health coach who specializes in wellness transformation with a passion. Born to transform the health and the wellness industry, Saad is dedicated to elevating everyone he works with to create real energy, vitality, and personal health through a process he coins body alchemy, transforming unhealthy beliefs and habits into a uniquely designed personal way of living. His ultimate vision is to inspire people to embody their authentic selves and live healthy and meaningful lives in harmony with others and the planet. To our listeners, I appreciate you for being here, tuning in and being a part of this mission. This series is dedicated to advocating mental muscle and unlocking emotional strength for the sake of men. If you want to dive deeper into what we're doing, all links are in the show notes. On with the podcast. Hi, Sid. Hey. What's up, man? How you doing, Emmy? I missed you, girl. Miss you too. I miss your not energy. The same without you. Oh, I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that. Not the same without you. Tell me what's yeah. up. What's up? That's a great question, man. So, for the last three, four months, there's been like another lockdown in Hong Kong, and that really threw me off guard. And I, I found myself feeling super depressed. I'll be super honest with you. For the very first time, you know that I'm a very positive guy. I like to motivate people, inspire people. I like to always look at things from a positive perspective, but I just couldn't. And I let myself go down this kind of path of victimhood as well. For two months, I wasn't good. That kind of looked like working. So I'm a trainer as well, right? Working, training a couple of people outside, coming home, the ordering delivery eating Mexican food, eating junk food, watching TV, and that's it. And then repeat. That's how it looks like. That's that's depressed, sad. And that's how it looks like for many guys. <laughs> I don't think this shit. is something I've stuff. heard often in how people respond to it. But when anyone asks anyone, for example, let's say you and your guy friends, and say, hey, what's up, man? Yeah, hey, good, what's up? And that's it. It's... There's a whole bunch that comes to your mind right away that you had chosen to brush past. You know, let's not, let's not talk about that. Now, Mm -hmm. I think it is beneficial to not dwell on things, but in what situation and when is it good to actually say, you know what, this is what's been going on and that's it. I can't lie to you and say I'm good. Yes, 100%. You know, and that is a great question. I'm a fairly self-aware guy and I do a lot of work on myself and I do a lot of reading and at a certain time in my life for the majority of my life I was a people pleaser my idea of sharing how I really felt with people I felt like I would burden people with that so I chose not to number two many people just ask that question not genuinely to understand how you feel like you do every time I see you and you you look at me how are you and it's like, like oh, sh- let me hold back my tears. Like, oh. <laughs> okay, so about you know, that, on, on the attention, yeah. is that yeah. something that you think that not many men are used to? And we can use you as an example. Yeah. Is that an attention that you are not used to? And because you're not used to it, it feels foreign and it throws you off maybe. It does. Wow. Exactly. 
the moment you said that, I can only speak from my personal experience or from what I hear from other friends, male friends, is that I actually don't feel like I do get a lot of just 100% undivided attention. And I feel as if guys, number one, don't get it. And also maybe not, they don't give it. And, and so that kind of makes them stuck in this cycle. But it is very true that that attention that you, for example, give when you ask that question, it throws you off guard. Because it's not as easy to brush off as, hey, oh, so how are you doing? You know, someone's looking on their phone, right? That is very true. I think we behave the way we do based on our reality, based on our environment. If you're surrounded by people who don't give you that kind of attention or don't give you that kind of intention when they ask you how you are mm. doing, then of course that becomes your norm and you will behave in a certain way. But what happens when you're trying, let's say some of the relationships that are always changing in our lives are when you're single and when you're trying to date then your immediate environment will always be different unless you have a specific type and you date the same kind of people all the time. Then it perpetuates that behavior. Now, I want to talk to you about masculinity because yeah, I love it. Okay. the whole point of this, when we ask about, hey, sup, man, is it masculine to be honest about how you're really doing? Is it not masculine to own what you've been going through. And it doesn't mean like, oh, let me tell you about my life story, sob story, and it's gonna be a five hour conversation. It's not about that. But is it not masculine to just own how you're, how you're doing? Mm -hmm. How masculinity has been viewed in the past or for so long in our culture is men have to suck it up. They shouldn't, if they're struggling, they shouldn't show it and they should always be this strong person that you can rely on, the patriarch, the, the strong father that is taking care of his family, never shows any emotion. In that sense, for so long, that has been the case. But I, at the same time, more deeply, I think it's rooted in a certain belief. A belief is not necessarily connected to what masculinity should mean. For so long, it has been a certain way, but it is now up to us today to redefine it. And, you know, on one hand, I look back at that and I look at my dad and he's the perfect example. He was born in 1942. So he's a guy from that time. And I don't blame him. And I feel like we shouldn't judge masculinity, the, the old masculinity, if I may call it that way. The, you should hire emotions, you should suck it up. Because these men lived in tough times. My dad, his father died of typhus. I don't know if that's even like the correct English. So that's an old, old ass disease, right? Uh, cholera and typhus, that's in Dutch, but I don't know if that's correct English. My dad was two years old and he left behind five boys. So my dad had to go to work at five years old. So ain't nobody got time to listen to your feelings. You better make some money. Like your family is starving, go to work. I have some respect for that old school masculinity in that sense. And then I look at myself today. I'm super fascinated by masculinity because I always remember my dad telling me from a young age, sad, be a man. He would say it in, uh, in uh, Arabic, kun rajil. And whenever he would say it, I was like, oh, okay. And somehow intuitively, I knew what it meant. Somehow I like stood taller. I was like, yes, dad, 
Okay, but I would always ponder upon that question. What does it mean to be a man? The modern man today is, is living in a very different circumstance than men from past eras. I believe we could learn from them and we could try to understand them and show some empathy for them because of course it's easy to judge them, but I, I do understand where it comes from. But today we, we are so privileged. I feel like a spoiled brat, to be honest. <laughs> I've never fought in a war. You know, I, I was able to go to school. I didn't have to work until, you know, 16 because I just wanted to make some more money. And so our, our the circumstances of the modern man is super different. And I believe that we should evolve with the circumstance and take a quick look at what masculinity means and redefine it together because it's a constantly changing body, constantly changing. I don't have a good word for what it is. It's, right? it's like feminism. It's masculinity yes. and feminism. I, the interpretation is left up, unfortunately, to what mass media dictates because that's the majority mm -hmm. of course it is more about your way of thinking and the way you structure your perspective and your values and your core directives a few things that you said there i'm like oh yes yes <laughs> one key word is empathy talk to me about yes. your relationship with oh, the word empathy i love that my dad left uh, when i was very young so i think I've had a kind of battle with masculinity, a kind of a mixed relationship. On the one hand, I aspire to be the best man I could be. And on the other hand, I also had some resentment towards certain forms of masculinity. And empathy, I've never truly understood it. I've had a lot of it because I grew up with my mom and my mom was very sick. And so I had to really be super sensitive to how she felt on a daily basis because I had to take care of her. So many people would be very surprised with the amount of empathy that I showed to fellow men. Some men would be uncomfortable, but many men would appreciate it. But of course, outside of the group, they're like, dude, thanks, man. Like, thanks for that conversation or wow. And I was very proud of, of that. And I saw it as a superpower. But it was only until I read a book called The Way of the Superior Man that I had a metaphor, a poetic representation of what masculine empathy looks like. It's a book. I read it when I was 16 and it really changed my life. In that he says, a man, I, I'm paraphrasing, a man should live with an open heart. He should feel his environment like a fisherman feels where the fish are in the sea or like a hunter feels where his prey are in the forest and that was to me you know as a as a guy that really resonated that was like, oh i know what you mean bro it wasn't like the sex in the city empathy let's take a bath and paint our nails and have wine that you know that, that didn't really resonate with me but when he spoke about a fisherman feeling where his where the fish were in the ocean and I started and I, and I started doing that. So I started feeling the other person right in front of me with my heart, with an open heart. And I started noticing that I could see way more than I previously saw. And I would do it with fellow friends and I would try to feel their hearts with my heart. It sounds really weird, <laughs> but you should definitely try it out. Like you feel where your heart is and you're feeling forward 
you're feeling upwards, you're feeling sideways, and you'll start noticing how all of a sudden you have this new sense, this new kind of intelligence that has been unexplored because we've, we're stuck in this kind of modern way of living, constantly looking at screens, etc. I think the, the biggest challenge now is I think guys are having more empathy. They're learning so much from women. They're forced to, <laughs> they're <laughs> sometimes shamed into it. And I understand, you know, it's a transition. And I would love to talk about that as well. But the hardest part, and I guess it's not only for men, is empathy with yourself. I think that's the hardest. I, I know for, for women as well, but I can only speak as a guy. For, for me, empathy with myself is the hardest. In the end, you can't truly have empathy for someone else that is authentic and genuine until you've shown yourself empathy. Because if I may, as you know, I said I, I used to be a people pleaser. I'm, I, let's say I'm a, how do you call that? A recovering people pleaser. <laughs> and so as a people pleaser, of course, I had a lot of empathy within me, but I would use it because I wanted the other person to like me. Although I, I showed empathy, the intention behind that empathy wasn't really authentic, genuine. That's why it's so important to really show empathy to yourself. And for guys, it's hard. And for, you know, so many people, of course. Before we went live, we were talking about how there are some books written for men and the way it's formatted, yes. the way it's indexed, the way it's designed, mm. the way it's written is all for men. And it sounded like you resonate with uh, the fact that men like to get right to it. Don't give me the context. I don't need to know context. <laughs> and when you were talking about doing versus talking, I think one of the example that it sounded like you were, you were giving about empathy is, oh, how when women get together, we do more pampering activities and that's how we show empathy versus, uh, versus uh, this thing that resonated with you more when this guy was using more words to deliver through an act, through an act of fishing, mm. which oddly is associated with a lot of men. I don't hear <laughs> a lot of women fishers. I hear a lot more yeah. about fishermen instead of fisher women, yeah. which yeah. I think there's something there. And I think largely mm -hmm. it's because it has to do with solitude and peace. Uh. Yeah, that's <laughs> wow. That is amazing. I've never really thought about it that way. And that is so correct. Yeah. Men who are in team sports, if you look at their personalities, the way they have social awareness and, and the way they conduct social health, they would probably fall in the category of jock. They always have a lot of people around them. It's always associated with being popular versus mm. the sport where it's an individual, like fighters for example it's it's you look at it as a gang but it's a very individual sport and same with track and field and same with tennis i just want to go back to the act of doing and the yeah. act of doing mm -hmm. here and how to link it back to empathy i think it's important that first of all you honored what we were shown as kids and what our parents were shown when they were kids and and that continues upwards, backwards in that sense. And that conflict of, of trying to, I won't say remove, but trying to recalibrate mm. what we have mm -hmm. learned for such a long time. If you think, if we were impressionable from the age of baby up to let's say 16, 
And 16 is maybe when we start to develop a sense of independence, like, oh, I can drive now in most places. In some countries, you can buy alcohol. In some countries, you can vote. There are different levels of trying to become your own self versus, oh, I am who my dad or my mom said I am or whoever my guardian is. And that conflict that you describe, that mm. is very similar with how as women are being told that this is what you need to be and act and do to be considered a woman. And the, the value that we were associated with is, are you marriable? But yet, do you have education? That, and both of them don't really go hand in hand back in the day. It's one or the other. Whereas today, like you said, we're so privileged. We have the option of both. And when some people say in the modern day, oh, it's so different. You know, being a man and being a woman is so different. Yes, they are big differences and they come with our own big histories. But when we look at the core of what you just said, I feel like we are more similar than we think we are different. Mm -hmm. We secretly, or maybe some not so secretly, we want to be able to connect with other people. And what do we need to connect with someone else is to understand the skill of empathy. Some people might think, no, oh, we're not really born with empathy. No, but what do you think? Do you think empathy is a skill or do you think it's something you're born mm. with? Mm -hmm. I definitely think that some people have natural inclinations towards showing empathy, understanding it, doing it effortlessly, but it's definitely something that can be thought, like learned for sure. I, I believe so. And with empathy and connecting with your emotions and connecting with sensing everything else. And you mentioned shamed earlier. Yes. I hear that as well. And I think some movies and TV shows perpetuate that when a male figure, like they're visibly male, when they start to behave in any way that is associated with vulnerability or acknowledging feelings, it is immediately associated with weakness. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is it correct that many men feel shameful when they feel emotions like fear or uncertainty or self-doubt and many, many other emotions that I'm definitely not aware of because I don't have the male experience. Mm -hmm. Could you shed some light on that? Absolutely. There is definitely. So yesterday. I was chilling with my girlfriend, Pearl, who you know very well. I was joking about Cantonese music. And then all of a sudden, I was like, okay, let's listen to Anita. Anita Mui, I think, right? Because I've never Legend. really listened, right? I've never really listened to her. And there's that song, na, 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 na. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. So anyway, I started listening to it. I could not understand a single word, but her voice touched me. I felt her pain. And I got emotional. And at that point, I was like, you know, you know, when a guy gets emotional, it's like, you know, like <laughs> trying to push, push that shit back down, bro. Push. <laughs> but, and so I, I was pushing it down a bit because, you know, I felt a bit ashamed, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I am touched by this woman's ability to convey her pain through her voice. There is shame compared with the emotion of sadness, crying, for example. Guys shouldn't cry. And I'll tell you two things from my personal experience. I watched one of my favorite movies with a, a previous uh, girlfriend, like maybe 15 years ago. Uh, and it was uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. 
and it was about a dad with his son. And of course, you know, me having daddy issues and I saw that and I was so emotionally touched and I just started like, not even, I couldn't do that. Like the, the well, you know, broke and I just started crying. And at that time she, you know, recognized me for, it. I was like, oh, but I did feel after that, she kind of saw me differently. And then when I speak to women, sometimes I think women want their men to be vulnerable, to be sensitive in the sense of they want to feel their man. They want to feel like their man is present, courageous in the sense of owning what he is, he is experiencing, but they want their man to deal with his shit. They don't want, <laughs> I mean, this is my experience. They don't, they don't want to deal with men's bullshit. They want their man to be courageous, show emotion, but deal with your shit and come back when you're ready. And this has been kind of my experience and also my conversation with, with women. And I, and I thought that was very amazing. Why? Because I was happy to hear that. All we hear as men is, oh, I wish my guy was more vulnerable and blah, blah, blah. But then when the guy is vulnerable, then you're like, oh my God, what, like, whoa, what are you doing, dude? Like, wow. <laughs> so if that happens to a man in, he's doing the hardest, you know, the most shameful thing, the most challenging thing, he does it and then he gets shamed for it at that very moment. So I think it's, it's very good to understand that there's it's within a context and us guys you know don't don't understand that nuance i would 100 percent agree it's nuanced i'll share with you from from me being a woman and from mm. my perspective please and that you know, is you want to know well if anyone out there thinks that women all women are masters in vulnerability i strongly yeah, disagree mm. strongly it's not like we were given the manual on vulnerability and men were given a manual on being sex masters, because mm. that is essentially an example of the misinterpretation or the misconception of when you're first learning how to have sex or being sexual, a lot of girls tend to think that the boys know what to do and the boys take the lead, but boys were never given the manual and vice versa. If men want to practice sharing and being honest about what's going through their minds and what's going through their hearts. They think that women are masters in this, but girls were not given the manual on this either. And what you mentioned earlier that some people are more intuitive to and more inclined towards empathy and towards those set of skills. That is true. Some women are, but so are some men. Mm -hmm. And I feel, I feel for you when you said that when you had been honest with this girl that you were with and, and almost immediately right after you felt like the dynamic had changed. I mm -hmm. feel for you in both you. that I've been in her situation and I've been in your situation. Mm, amazing. And I think that that's probably true to you as well. You, I think you've probably seen it from both perspective. Yes. And some people don't realize that there are women out there who are afraid of showing vulnerability. And it all comes down to how we were raised and what kind of mm. environment we grew up in. Did we grow up in an environment where we were constantly threatened by our most basic needs? If we don't make money to, to pay rent, we don't have shelter. We don't have food. 
in order to survive, you have to adopt some more masculine skills to survive. Unfortunately, in some cases, feminine skills may not be key to survival, but it doesn't mean that it's sustainable. And last thing here that I would like to connect with you on is women don't want to be men's therapists. Yes. And vice versa. I mean, well, mm -hmm. maybe you can argue with that. Men like to yeah. come in and say, let me teach you. I yes, am the, I'm 100%. Let me fix. Let me fix everything. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Yes, men that. want to be the fixer. Generally speaking, not yes. all men, of course. Yes. But the dynamic changes when, as a woman, we are not equipped to handle what happens when the person in front of you decide to show honesty. And why is that different when it is a female showing you honesty versus a, a, a guy showing you honesty? Why would that be different? And it comes down to, well, women are also affected by the false idea of what masculinity is. It's not just men who are under that false pretense. So mm -hmm. to close off wow, this episode, and you've shared so generously and bravely about what you've grown up with. And there's definitely a change I hear that you've experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's not just one change, mm -hmm. it's a cumulative changes. And every change is even more amazing to discover and explore. Could you share one actionable that maybe made the most significant impact for you? Yes. The, the situation that we find ourselves in as men today, not, not to kind of be a victim, right? From my observation is that masculinity is not really understood and looked upon from a positive perspective. There's a lot of baggage that comes with it. I, as a man have found myself super confused, for example, I would look at men that I aspire to be like, maybe I'll, I would aspire to be like ancient samurai. I would read a book about a samurai and be like, oh my God, this guy is, you know, lives by a code. He has honor. I'm like, damn, that's cool. But then when I was younger, I'm like, I want to hook up with chicks, right? So what do chicks like? Like, I want to be that guy too. So I look at romantic comedies and I would be like, oh, so they want that guy. So they don't want the samurai. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would do all these dorky things that they would put on uh, romantic comedies, right? But then I realized that in real life, many of those things come across as you being a stalker. <laughs> in the movies, it looks cute and all, but when someone does that shit to you in real life, you're a stalker. So I learned to navigate all these different influences, right? Like you said, the influences from the media, my dad, ancient masculinity, symbols that I re resonate with and I realize for me, what I really believe that a man has is a man understands his weaknesses, understands his edge, understands his limit and is honest about it because a man that lies about his limits is a man you cannot trust. So recognize what your edge is, what your boundaries are, what your limits are and be open about it. But you're not defined by them. Number two is figure out what your damn values are, bro. What do you live for? What gives your life direction? Because so many men lack that direction. And I hope we can talk about that maybe in, a, in another episode. But figure out what your values are. And it's super simple. If you want to figure out your values, a very easy way, Google values. You'll find like 300, 400 words that represent a value. Select 10 of them then filter down to five and then start living your life according to those values. For me, it's uh, authenticity, 
honesty and discipline, right? And start living your life through them. So it's, it's not merely a theoretical exercise because guys like to also mentally masturbate. <laughs> oh, I love right? that. Like, mentally masturbate. Right? Well done. Exactly. They love it. They just love to find yet another theory and yet a dude practice that shit. So know your edge and figure out your values. I think these two have completely changed my life. And they can also be relevant to women, of course. But for me, you know, I'm speaking as a man to fellow men that I think from my experience, these are the two things that you could start right away doing. I, wow. That gives me so much assurance to hear that value <laughs> practice is actually yeah. one of our key practice in mental muscle. Yes. And, and doing mental You guys are work. amazing. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yes. It is so important and purpose, of course, but that comes... I think that connects to values eventually and it could be ever changing, but we could talk about that maybe next time. But yeah, yeah it's well, amazing that you guys do that. It's so essential. We will be doing another episode and, and in the next episode, we'll dive deeper into more of the social awareness because nice. there is so much that we can rely on ex externally, like being critical and criticizing externally what is not working well, what is not optimized. I want to optimize, 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 but we are so focused on the external. Have we actually gone inwards to optimize things? The simple mm. example there of showing your female counterpart vulnerability, that requires two parties. It's not a one-way situation and the other person has to take it. Mm. It's, it starts with who is this person that you had chosen to share time with? That's number one. And in order wow. to choose the kind of people that you want to share conversations with, you need to also realize, are they at a level and equipped to have and hold those kind of spaces? So I'm really looking forward to that next episode that we're going to do. Wow. You're amazing, Emily. Thank you, Sat. For, Cheers to you. For your wisdom and this conversation. <laughs> All right. We'll see y'all in the next episode. Sup, man. If you like what you heard, do connect with me by subscribing. Head to the link in the show notes to subscribe. And hey, if you think this could be helpful for someone, please share this episode with that someone you're thinking about. If you want to support this podcast, you can do so on Patreon. For the small price of a cup of coffee, you could help keep this podcast going. Rating also helps podcasts reach more people. So your review makes a difference. You can help with that on Apple Podcasts. That means a lot to me. Before you go, check out the show notes for our links to our man of the hour, to the Patreon page, to the Mental Muscle Project, and where to subscribe. If you know someone who could benefit from what our man is doing in the space for men, or perhaps it's for you, hit him up. Of course, you can give me a shout via the podcast website, tacklingminds.com, and I'll link you up. Until the next episode, guys, keep it real.